Hello and welcome to the Telehealth OT podcast where occupational therapists, parents, caregivers, and patients share their telehealth stories. My name is Dr. Reina Oliveira and I am the owner of Telehealth OT Services where we specialize in working with children with autism and also provide education and trainings to occupational therapists about telehealth. I have been able to share my story with the world and now I am extremely happy to give others the opportunity to do the same. Enjoy today's Telehealth OT story. Welcome to today's episode of the Telehealth OT Podcast. Our guest today is Kathy Bing- Bigman. Am I pronouncing your name right? Bigman, yes. <laughs> Bigman, awesome. <laughs> I'm so happy to have Kathy here with us today. She has a unique story, two perspectives. She is um, a mom whose children have received occupational therapy via telehealth, and she's also a telehealth practitioner herself. And so I'm very excited to share her perspective on everything. Kathy, welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I want to say, everybody, I enjoy working with Raina. And uh, <laughs> if you haven't joined her group, join her group. If you haven't taken her classes, take her classes. She has been such a big help for me um, on my journey. And uh, I appreciate her. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. So, Kathy, tell us about your OT story. How did you first find out about occupational therapy? Okay. So, my OT story is um, I was a new mother and I had a child. Um, who was very difficult. I have my, he's now 12 years old. At the time he was just a little guy, uh, two years old. We were having a lot, a lot of issues with him behavior wise. He would just melt down when we went to parties. Um, we couldn't take, we couldn't go out anywhere basically with him. He would run away. He would sit in the corner, cry, hold his ears. I didn't know at the time what OT was or what sensory processing was. So I thought he had autism. And I went to um, my doctor and I said, hey, I need help. Something's wrong with my son. And he said, "Um, well, you just have to hold him and comfort him. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's something else beyond that because I do hold him and comfort him. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I went home that night and I went online and I kept searching and searching and searching and searching. I found some kind of like sensory checklist. And I, and when I looked at it, basically everything was checked off on him. So then we went through like a series of evaluations for autism, sensory processing. Um, I took that to the doctor and he's like, well, okay, there is a problem. So you have to see an occupational therapist and a speech therapist. And I was like, okay, what is an occupational therapist? I had never heard of it. I was like, okay, let me give it a try. So I took him to therapy and we went, he went at that time for about a year, twice a week. And the changes that we saw in him were incredible. And at that time, I already had graduated with my undergraduate degree. But, um, and, I, I, and I had searched for like something, something to do with that undergraduate degree, you know, take that to the next level. But I didn't know what I had done internships in, in optometry. Um, I looked into chiropractic, I looked in everything, nursing, physical therapy, and not, nothing really like, like fit what I was looking for. So then as I saw my son progress through occupational therapy and I started learning more about it, that was like, 
the light bulb went off and I was like, that is what I want to do. So I had a few prerequisites that I had to do um, post um, undergraduate school. So I did those of where, when I had my second child, my daughter, and then I applied for school and got into school. And then I found that I was pregnant just before I got my acceptance letter from with my third child. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so then I went to school and then I graduated and I took my boards at, in January of this year. And I got my notification that I passed my boards the first week of February. I applied for my license and I think I was completely uh, a full OTRL by March after, you know, the license went through and everything. Okay. So that puts you in an interesting spot, like with (laughs) coronavirus and getting licensed at that time. Yes. And that was when everything started to just shut down. Wow. So I was going to touch on this later, but it segues right into that. So your first job is what at this stage? Okay. So I work, um, I have, my own company, Kathy Bigman LLC, but I'm also contracted with Peach State Pediatric Therapy. So um, that is my first official OTRL job. So did you have in-person sessions or did you go straight into telehealth? My first client ever <laughs> as an OTRL was straight uh, telehealth. I had never met them in person um, and I had never treated a client before as a the full OTRL, you know, you know, at field work under supervision, I had so that was nerve wracking. (laughs) Wow, 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 wow. So, oh, like, aside from, I'm not trying to like get you to say again, like, how amazing all this, like, my community is and all this, but like, how did you do it? How did you go right into telehealth? What support did you have? How was that experience? Because I'm sure there's a lot of students who are having to go right into telehealth as a first job and my professors would have been like don't do it um well i did again a ton of research <laughs> when i have a question i started doing research and you know it's interesting because i had never heard of telehealth before um the pandemic and when when it was first like started to be the buzzword i was like how is that gonna work with ot i was just like I, I kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit. <laughs> I have to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, you're not I was alone. Like, I, just, like, I was like, maybe with speech therapy, but how is OT and speech going to do it? But then I was speaking to someone and she was like, well, you know, the early intervention program is a coaching model. So it works well with that. So, you know, you use what the person has in their house. You coach the parents. I was like, oh, okay. You know, so I let myself be open to it. And once I let myself be open to it, I started to do tons of research. I, I joined every single webinar. I joined your group. <laughs> I joined Mary's group. I took your course. I um, went on every free web- webinar that they had. And um, so I just kept looking for resources. And then, and then on top of that, while I was waiting, I took a, a pediatric primer course. Um, it's a therapy therapies pediatric primer course and it really dives deeply into how to do uh, evaluations using clinical observation skills so I thought that was an important piece also for me oh, I love that. Um, especially because I was doing having to do it through the computer mm. um, 
so so that was how I started by just doing tons of research and and did that answer your question yeah yeah it did um so I know you mentioned the name of the company that you work for and you don't have to go into a lot of details if you don't want to but did they have to transition to telehealth like were they able to you know have meetings with you virtually to say like how's it going did you have a mentor you know a supervisor like how was that relationship Yes, I have a mentor. She's actually my kid's OT also. So we have a really nice relationship. So we bounce, she, you know, I can bounce ideas off of her. And like, if I need something, I'll text her or call her, email her. Well, not email her, sorry. <laughs> text her or call her or talk to her in person. Um, so she has been a really big help too. Oh, that's great. Um, all right. So now let's talk about your parent perspective. So your kiddos were getting occupational therapy, not from you, and no. <laughs> and then they had not to transition you. to telehealth. So yes. what was that like as a mom to be a telehealth receiver? As a telehealth, end. The, t- the telehealth mom. <laughs> the telehealth mom. There you go. Um, the telehealth with my kids was awesome. So my kids and their therapist, Miss Margaret. Um, have a really, really nice relationship. She is like one of their favorite people in the world. That's awesome. And, um, you know, when when our first first few visits, they were just so excited to see her. They would show her around the whole house. It was like having a national celebrity at our house. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of your favorite people come over to your house, basically. Aww. And so they have to show them the whole house have to show my daughter had to show her her bow collection my son had to show his uh, gardening my little guy had to show all his dudes to her so I felt like she was so integrated into our family and it just made us feel it made the kids and her feel closer it was really wild though like it was it was so sweet they were I mean they would fight over who gets to see her (laughs) I want to see her no I her. I'd be like, okay, you all will get a chance to see her, <laughs> but we're gonna break it up, okay? Um, I so love that. Really... Like, isn't that amazing? Like, people think technology, and they think like we can't develop emotion and rapport and all this stuff like through telehealth that we do in person. But isn't it amazing that they felt closer because she was actually able to see their favorite toys and their yeah. bedroom and all the rooms in your house? Yeah, I think it was really, for us, we experienced it in a very sweet way. Um, It was really nice. You know, like sometimes one time my youngest had breakfast with her, you know, working on some feeding with her. One time they got dressed in the morning together and brushed their teeth together. I mean, they, they did things like homework together sometimes, you know, just bringing in that functional piece to it. You know how I feel about function, right? Like, I know you know how I feel about function. My, I'm like, I'm in heaven right now. Like, I love this. I love that you're doing functional tasks. Like, if everyone tells me that, I'll be the happiest podcast interviewer, whatever you want to call me, like, host. I'll be the happiest podcast host ever because that's what I want to hear is that our OTs are doing functional tasks and not necessarily just sitting in front of the computer with a kiddo. We went everywhere though. We went to our backyard, to our front yard, to our side yard, across the street, 
um, throughout the house. Like it was, it was really fun. You know, it was really fun for us to, and the kids, the kids really enjoyed it. There was something else I had wanted to mention, but I can't remember now. If I think of it, I'll tell you. Okay. So going outside, like that brings up another point. I was talking to Laura Park Figueroa about this and she's a nature-based OT and she's like, well, can you do telehealth if you're nature-based? And I told her like, yeah, you totally can. As long as it's not a family that's completely opposed to technology, you can totally take the tablet or the phone outside and go do gardening or go pick flowers or go do whatever nature activities that you would normally do. Yes, um, going outside was was really nice. It was nice. To, it was a nice break for the kids on days that were sunny. They would go outside and do activities out there, set up obstacle course or um, just whatever. I guess whatever we had around, you know, mm-hmm. you know, use this to do this or whatever. So make it very like play based. Also, so she That's was really good about that, like letting it be child and mm-hmm. incorporate things that they like even sometimes music just to make it a fun experience especially in this time where you know mental health is so important to keep them happy and in a positive state you know yes. when after all of their basically all of their occupations have kind of been stripped away or watered down you know like she was really good about incorporating those occupations and even for me like sometimes my son did not want to do homework with me yeah. <laughs> you know he's just like uh-uh but Miss Margaret gets on the computer, forget it. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I was going to ask you, like, how much are you present? I mean, I know you're there and you're an OT, so I know, like, you have to be involved. But I guess from her perspective, like, is it more, like, parent coaching style or is it more, like, you know, you're just observing and kind of on the sidelines? I think it it it, it goes both ways sometimes it's coaching like she'll say oh try this try this try this um definitely like you know when I'm in mommy mode I'm not in OT mode Mm -hmm. so that's a totally different brain and one one morning I was just like my gosh my little guy did not want to get dressed he's like why do I have to get dressed I'm not going to school (laughs) I'm like because it's part of our routine he just couldn't like wrap his head around it she's like why don't you just take him to a small room and I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> we have talked about that before. <laughs> so we took it to the small bathroom, and then he was just like, okay, I'll get dressed now. Sometimes it's like, it just gets overwhelmed when he's in a vast area, a big area. Yeah. So, you know, and so she can be in OT brain while I'm in mommy mode, you know, in the yeah. thick of it. So there's some coaching there, and sometimes it's some collaboration. Like, oh, he was interested in doing this today, so... Yeah. Or I or or I would even add a request like, hey, they have to get this homework done. Can we <laughs> incorporate it in? Yeah. And um and she was very gracious about um doing it. So we made him some of the homework was for the little guy was like make play doh, mm-hmm. which is very I mean is a very functional and fine motors fine motor skill. So we did that and he played with it. And then um we even did like um religious school homework one day with them mm. because, you know and it's just it was much easier like having kind of like a backup versus right. me like okay you guys have to do this you guys have to do this you know mm-hmm. I love hearing that perspective because there's a saying in Spanish and I don't remember what it is I'm not gonna say what it is but it basically means like you can't 
be your own child's OT. You can't be your own child's whatever profession um, because you just are not seeing it with the same eyes. So it's like that mom versus OT role. And, you know, I, I love that you like have respect for that boundary and acknowledge that there's things that you're not going to be able to accomplish as a mom that an other OT could. Right, right. I'm their comfort zone. So they're going to want to try to get up, you know, get off easy with me. And I'm supposed to be their comfort zone, you know, whereas the OT can maybe push them a little bit more and they won't be, it won't be as emotional to them, mm-hmm. you know, or to her because, you know, because I'm the mom, I'm the one that's supposed to be emotional and protective and everything like that. Right. So yeah, I, she's very much the OT and I'm very much the mom, <laughs> but so I will, you know, but we work well together too. She's obviously my mentor, so. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that. It sounds like you have an awesome relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember when I was an OT and I wasn't a mom yet, and all the parents would always ask me, like, do you have kids? And I wanted to, like, scream, like, what does it matter? <laughs> like, I'm a, I'm a pediatric OT. I don't need to have kids. I know what I'm doing. Like, I just got, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I got inwardly defensive, not extra, you know, but. <laughs> Then I had kids and I was like, oh, yeah, now I get it. Like, (laughs) now I get it. I have a whole new perspective on, you know, being a mom, what that means, and the expectations that I put on my, you know, on the parents that I work with. I've toned it down way more now, you know, than, than before. So, all right, let's see. I wanted to, I wanted to touch on the physician relationship that you mentioned earlier on about how basically you had to educate that, you know, your pediatrician on what you felt your child was struggling with in the sensory checklist. What do you think is your relationship with physicians now as a professional? I think, I think, and this is a very important like mission for me, I think sometimes not all the pediatricians understand the breadth of what occupational therapy is and what occupational therapists provide the services that we provide and how we help children. And I have seen children fall through the cracks um, because, you know, some pediatricians have diagnosed their child with autism, but never refer them for occupational therapy. And that to me is so heartbreaking. Yeah. So one of my missions is to, my my long-term missions is to be able to have more conversations with pediatricians and more, um, more medical professionals about what it is that we do and how we provide services for children and what kinds of services and what kinds of uh, children we can treat and how we can treat them. I just think it's so important. I think there haven't been enough conversations about that. Yeah. Um, the fact that I had to like fight, not I mean, it was very amicable, but I had to really be strong with my pediatrician. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to really be strong with my my pediatricians and hold my ground. Like, it's not just about holding my child. Like, I do hold my child. My, my thing I love the most in the whole wide world, you know, like right. I wouldn't do anything for him. Um, and there was like a small disconnect until I had to bring back some kind of like evidence to say, look, this is what I'm experiencing mm-hmm. before, before before the um I guess his light bulb went off and he's and not that's not to knock him because he was really the best pediatrician we ever had you know Mm -hmm. 
and maybe there's just that disconnect in communication between OTs and, and right. pediatricians. And I think that there needs to be a bridge and I would love to be part of that building of that bridge. I think it is so important. So children don't fall through the cracks. Like mm -hmm. to see a 12 year old with autism who has never been referred to OT is extremely heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, and I can't imagine like what that does to the family, like the entire family. It's not just the child, it's the entire family. They're a whole unit. Yes. And if the, if one child is suffering, the whole family is suffering. And I know that because I've experienced it. You mm -hmm. know, we could not go out to a restaurant for like years. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that is my thought on that. Yeah. Yeah. You you bring up a good point. And I love that you've taken like uh, you know. I want to say negative, but just like a situation um, that was tough and made it like a mission and made it something, you know, positive and something that's driving you to do better. Um, when I first thought about starting this podcast, I thought I'm only going to interview OTs and that's primarily um, who, primarily who it's going to be. And then I said, I'm going to bring in parents. Um, and then I said, I was going to bring in um, caregivers, but I reached out to a group of um, parents and one of the moms reached out to me and said, yeah, my child was diagnosed via telehealth. And are you interested in having the doctor diagnose um, him or her, my child on the podcast? And I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, yeah, you know what? Yes, yes, yes. Like, I want to talk to them. Like, I want, first of all, I don't know if this child's got an occupational therapy or not. But I do know that we do need to be having these conversations. And if I could use this platform to educate, you know, more physicians and, and other people in general, not just physicians, but, you know, about OT, then it's going to be that much more powerful in my mind. So I can't wait to see what you do because I know you're going to do amazing things. I can already tell. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so my other question to you is, would you, would you recommend if a student, you know, if you had a group of students that you were going to talk to and they said, hey, do you think I could start uh, telehealth as my like first job? Solely telehealth. Solely telehealth. I would say it is quite doable. I would say you need, you need the support though. You can't just go in blind. Like you have to... You have to go in equipped. You have to go in with those observation skills. You have to go in with some mentorship, somebody to bounce ideas off of. Um, you have to be educated on the different types of telehealth, the platforms. Um, be part of the groups, the telehealth groups. So I think with the support, I think it is possible. Okay, good. So before we started recording, we were talking about like mom, mom roles and like how hard it is. And so... My question to you is, how do you balance your kiddos who are getting telehealth sessions for them, your telehealth sessions, and your dreams and aspirations for yourself? That's a loaded question. We're going to end on something really hard. Totally loaded. <laughs> All I can say is I, I do the best I can. I take one step, and then the next, and then the next. And I just try to do the best I can. I don't want to miss out on the experiences with my children. Um, but I also have, you know, professional ambitions. And um, I just take it day by day. And I just try to 
you know, work when I, I try to make time every day to work. If it's not in clinic, it's something to help me move along professionally. Right. And listening to podcasts, reading books, mm-hmm. um, doing research on my, whatever, uh, evaluation or some assessment. Yeah. Um, so just to keep moving forward. And then, um, I kind of had to compromise with my husband a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Opened the negotiation tables and we're like, okay, I'll take these hours. You take those hours. (laughs) I love that. It is a a balancing act. uh, It feels like a little bit of a tap dance sometimes. Yeah. Do the best we can. Oh, you're so positive and (laughs) light. And I'm so glad that I got a chance to get to know you on this interview. And I want to thank you so much for coming on and being so open and honest about your life with your (laughs) kids and with your career. Thank you so much. I appreciate coming on and I have really enjoyed connecting with you too. Oh, thank you. All right. Take care. If you're an occupational therapist and you want to know more about telehealth, be sure to join the Telehealth OT Facebook group for more information. I'll catch you on the next episode.